0: Welcome back to Just James. I am here with Thomas today. He is looking fabulous. I'm going to leave him for a couple of days now. I'm off on a business trip for a few days. So I'm feeling really guilty and bad about having to leave him. So I'm going to make sure he's nicely watered and he's pretty before I go. But he's good. And there's nothing really of importance to really report from his side. I was sitting this morning trying to think of a reason why I haven't adulted in the last week and why I just honestly shouldn't be a grown-up. And while I was thinking about it, it's almost like the clumsy gods looked down on me I went, let's just, you know, hold my beer. Uh, And as I was sitting there going, what have I done this week that's really just not adulting? I had a cup of coffee in my hands. I was sitting on my couch and my finger got caught in the finger of the, uh, you know, the 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 holding section of the mu- I don't know what it's called, the holding section of the mug, my finger got caught in it, and as I did that, I just literally tipped my cup of coffee over, all over my stomach, my legs, and I've, I have had to sit for about 10 minutes with an ice pack on it, it was the sorest thing, of, and I mean, I spilled coffee all over myself a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I just feel like ridiculous, I seem to have, I need a sippy cap, one of those little things that the kids have, that just don't spill when you knock it over. Um, so yeah, so immediately, Whilst thinking about not adulting, I didn't adult. So that's probably the most unadulting thing I've done all week. But other than that, I've been a pretty good grown-up this week. I've been to gym, I'm eating healthy, I'm not drinking so much wine. So I'm really like having a good week. And then yesterday, last night, um, yesterday evening, I had to go and see my surgeon from my first surgery. And my scarring under the right breast is just... It's it's sort of, it's not healing, it healed, but it didn't heal nicely. It healed with like a, almost like a little hole in it where a stitch pretty much got caught because they, they, when they sew you up, they sew you up in a way that it's sort of almost like in a bunched way so that you can sort of swell and come down and then when it heals, it heals itself straight. But a stitch must have got itself caught and it almost had like a little, like a dog ear in it. So they had to recut open that that side of my my cut and then re back together again. But the surgeon was like, would, would you mind doing it awake? And I was like, yeah, I don't mind. You know, I'm a big, strong, tough woman. I can handle it. Um, and he covered me with his draping and obviously sterilized and, you know, did it in a, in a sterile environment. And all I could see, I mean, I was I was numb, so I couldn't feel anything. But um, I could just see his hand raising and dropping and raising and dropping while he was doing stitches. And it just made me, like, krill. It was, oh, it was just so... It made me so nauseous, and then I just, at the time, was like, oh, I'll just get the train back, it's easy, it's fine. And on the train, I just started feeling dizzier and dizzier. It was the most horrendous thing I would really recommend. If you're going to have stitches, scrap an Uber. It's the easiest way to do it, but I didn't. I tried to adult, and then my train got stuck. Um, yeah, a, a train further down the, the thing, you know, the route had broken down. So, of course, we got stuck behind one stop. And I was texting all my mates while I was on the train, I was just like, I feel so dizzy, I feel so nauseous, I just wanna like get home <laughs> um and I must say I'm a little bit tender and sore today so i'm I'm a bit I'm feeling a little bit sorry for myself. I am a bit of a wuss when it comes to pain though, so I'm not surprised that um I'm just feeling a little bit sore and tender today, so I'm just watching myself and, and taking a little bit easier than I normally would. So we will behave and hopefully come right. And I think hopefully this will be the last of it. Now, um, my surgeons recommended I use some silicone sheets around my scarring. Some of my scars are just raising slightly. Uh, I'm not very good at scarring, and like with my first surgery, I had 600 grams of scar tissue removed. So we do already know that my body, like, is a mofo when it comes to To scars. So just so that it doesn't turn into a keloid scar. Um, I've got to use some silicone sheeting now to to just sort of help it soften and make sure that it doesn't become harsh scars. So that's the drama from my side. Um, and then I was sort of looking at a couple of very cool stats online. My one of the suggestions I got when I asked everybody for podcast ideas, one of the suggestions I got was actually about uh how much sewing, how much clothes are left in landfills. And the main reason for a lot of clothes being discarded and chucked in the bin and thrown in landfill is because of missing buttons. And apparently there's um, the, one of the biggest causes of clothes getting discharged, discharged uh, dis- discharge? just thrown out. I can't think of it. Why is my brain porridge today? Uh, <laughs> I swear I'm losing the plot. But one of the reasons uh, most people clothes throws away is because they can't they can't actually um, sew buttons. So I had a look at uh, had a look online and sort of I wanted to know what the statistics were for people that could actually not sew buttons. And did you know that there is seventy percent of young people today do not know how to sew and do not know how to sew a button back on? I thought that was an astronomically high amount of people. I mean, I kind of get that. I don't quite know if the fact that a lot of fashion is thrown away because it is just that fashion and trends change, you know, new clothes get bought and people just discard clothes. I mean, clothes can be so cheap to purchase these days. Obviously, I'm not talking about designer clothing. I'm talking about like your bottom of the range sort of like everyday wear um, is so cost effective in in most countries that, um, you know, you'd rather just chuck it out and get a new one when you're over it. Um, But I was curious also to know if anybody really used some of these like subscription services. I mean, there's some services where you pay, I think it's like £99 per month and you get to wear like an unlimited amount of designer clothes for the month and you just let you just send it back, you rent it. And I was quite curious to know if people are shifting towards that or if there's just sort of like a core audience for that. Do people prefer to buy their own clothes? Do you buy clothes because you're going to wear them 20 times and then chuck them out? Or are you buying clothes for a certain occasion? I was just very curious to know where where people's minds are at about fashion. But in, in finding out the facts about 70% of people don't actually know how to sew, I found some other very cool facts about sort of millennials and, and, and youths of today, if you want to call them. And um, did you know that most people, you know, on social media, so many people take pictures of their food, they post pictures of their food. But thirty percent of college students don't actually even know how to boil an egg, and they obviously—I mean—the amount of cooking. I think cooking. And we know when I was at school, you could you could choose like woodwork, go and do like woodwork and stuff, or you could choose like home economics where they teach you how to bake and and sew and do all of that. I wonder how many kids are actually still doing that. Do, are the schools still offering that these days? I mean, I don't even—I don't have kids, so I don't really know you know, how the curriculum works anymore, I mean, the last time I ever asked a youth what they was learning at school was probably the last time I asked somebody what their favorite dinosaur was, so, I mean, I really don't know, um, so was, it was just very fascinating, and that more than half of American teens, which is 52%, don't know how to change a tire, um, and it's better to learn now than literally be on the side of the road and not know how to do that, I remember, I must have been about 22 23 and I had a flat tire I was living with my my ex at that stage and I had a flat tire and he was ignoring me and I'd asked him to change the tire for me and he was having one of those things where he was watching tv and you're like please go change the tire please go change the tire and he ignored me ignored me ignored me until eventually I sort of like lost my cool and I went out and I was like well I'll change it then for myself and it was probably the best lesson I ever learned because I was forced to literally sit there and learn how to change a tire by myself. I mean, I did go and eventually ask him for help and he did come and help me and he did teach me how to do it. But it was it was a lesson that I, I at the time thought I should know these things, you know, I should really know how to how to like adults by myself. Um and now I know how to change a tire, you know, I I try and like learn all the skills, the like life saving skills how to make a fire. I mean, I can't braai or barbecue, as you may put it in, in most of the world. Um, I, I really, I honestly don't even know how to do it. And I, it's probably one of the skills I should learn. But, um, you know, I think being able to make a fire or being, you know, be able to fend for yourself if you were ever like in a dire situation, is probably something you should really learn. And I should practice what I preach and actually learn how to actually bra. So I, th- I think that that'll be my one of my goals for this year, is to actually learn how to bra something. Um, and then they also find out that people a uh, uh, university in Missouri did a study that looked at adults' age groups. And millennials are the worst at knowing how to do their laundry. Apparently, a lot of people don't know that they should separate colors, how to use the machines, what sort of detergent you should use. It's um, there's quite a lot of people that actually don't really know how to do that. And I'm living on my own, have sort of learned through my mom how to do a lot of these these life skills. So really something to learn. Um, one of employers most annoying habits is people coming in late and a bad attitude coming is probably the second most irk thing that, that employers don't like, uh, which okay, I get. I mean, I understand that. I mean, you want to sort of have your staff not coming into work on time. that's not really fair. And um, when we were in school, when I was in school, you um, had to learn how to t- how to write in cursive. And you weren't allowed... To, you, you you I can't remember if you were writing in pencil, in cursive, and once you mastered it, you were allowed to move up to pen work. Or, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so you had to learn how to write in cursive, in, in pencil. And then once you, you had sort of, like, mastered that, then you you moved up, and it was quite, like, a big big day when you're allowed to move to pen and you were sort of suddenly a pen user you know you're like the coolest in the class if you had a pen and some kids had pencils and apparently now uh, many school districts have stopped teaching kids cursive because there's so many computer usage you don't really need to learn the skill anymore and I think that cursive is definitely going to be a dying form of handwriting I mean I don't write in cursive I don't actually know anybody that really does anymore but I do think it's a pretty cool skill to learn how to use. I mean, I don't really get the point of why we needed it in school. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in school we learned that probably were irre- or are kind of more irrelevant now. I mean, I've never needed to know how to do a pie chart in, in my day life or, you know, h- how to get X to cross Y minus by T. I mean, like, I just, I've never, ever used any of that information since I left school. But uh, it would be quite sad if the cursive is, is going, is sort of dying dying is a, a form of handwriting so um, I thought that was really interesting and 18 percent of millennials do not know how to make toast which I, and I when I was reading that I literally had two pieces of toast in the toaster which was really funny um and I just I quite enjoyed that little fact this morning so I thought as, as an homage that I'll have toast for breakfast <laughs> and um Although one last little one last little fact, and then I'll move on to to what I really want to talk about today, um, that there a lot of people feel that millennials are quite a selfish uh, age group. But I mean, I've discussed millennials previously on my podcast. Um, but did you know that eighty seven percent of millennials donated to charities in two thousand and fourteen? I don't know about today's date. I mean, this is the the document or the article that I was reading was from twenty fourteen, but I just thought it was quite interesting that that for the impression that millennials are really selfish so a lot of them actually do care about charities and do actually donate to charities so we're not that much of a bad bunch to be fair i want to talk about sky birds sky rats sky hazards and pests and they are called pigeons and pigeons we, you either love them or you hate them. they have certainly marmite, and I think most people dislike pigeons, and they've got such a bad rep, and they're just seen as this disease-carrying mess of a dirty sky rat pigeon, as we call them in London. Um, you know, not many people like pigeons. You chase them away, and yet, um, you know, at the end of the day, pigeons are actually... I found out some very cool facts about them, and they're actually, I have to admit, A very freaking cool bird, and I put my hand in my hat and go. This I have to admit, I always thought that they were annoying birds, and now that I've learned a couple of facts about them, they are very, very, very cool. So pigeons have known to be dropped about ten kgs of poop per animal on our sidewalks. I mean, this is not why they're cool. Can let me just verify? This is just some facts that I'm giving you first, and. Pigeons are really, really disliked because of their quantity, not because of their quality. And I think it's because there's so many of them. But pigeons are actually a highly intelligent bird that have learned how to be successful in our cities. I don't know this, but there's about 300 species of pigeons all around the world. And that's pigeons and doves. And I think they're related. But the pigeons that you sort of see in in town, in, in cities, are called rock pigeons. And um, they are known, in the wild, they would live on, like, rock surfaces, hard surfaces. So because our cities are concrete jungles, we've literally given them the most perfect environment to to thrive on. That's exactly where they need to be to to sort of survive as a species. And and we all feed them. You know, we we feed the ducks in the park. We feed the pigeons in in the courtyards. We drop food. Uh, you know, everybody has lunch. They sort of eat on the road. So we've created this environment that makes them absolutely vital. I mean, it's, it's vital for them that that we sort of have these environments for them. If we didn't have big cities, they would they would go back to you know the 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 hills and the and the rocks that they required, and they wouldn't sort of con- congregate around towns as they do. But their their numbers do need controlling. And traditionally, they would, um, they would sort of, we, 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 traditionally, we wouldn't feed them, you know, we would put noise scareers or like trained the hawks and things like that into hunt them down to reduce their numbers. But they're too successful the way that we've created this environment for them, that they're just going to thrive in. So we don't have, you know, like in the wild, they'd have like hawks around that would, you know, hunt them down. Sort of, you know, the the food chain of life. They would they would sort of get culled down really quickly, but in major cities, a hawk's not going to go into a major city. So pigeons have sort of create. They've got this environment where they can just literally just thrive. But um, the only thing we could do to sort of reduce them is sort of make our surfaces less accommodating for them, which we do. I mean, a lot of us sort of put spikes. On, you'll see, you know, if you, if you look up and look around the buildings, there's a lot of spikes and, and netting and stuff on the buildings to stop the pigeons from, from actually congregating there. Um, but we're, we're, and we, you know, architects are designing our buildings now with spikes and ledges and stuff so that they can't, it's uncomfortable for them to actually sit on. So we, but they are very intelligent. They're really, really intelligent birds. So sometimes, like, we see monkeys as really intelligent. But did you know the pigeons are actually just as clever? They're amazing speed animals as well. Pigeons are built for endurance and speed. So you get your, like, homing pigeons and things like that that are designed for racing. You get racing pigeons. So they can... um they, There's a recorded flying stop for 1,000 miles, and they apparently did 120 kilometers per hour on 1,000 miles. And the biggest predator to them is something called... um a peregrine falcon which is one of the fastest birds in the world but pigeons can often even get away from these um, peregrines um which is because of their speed so some racing pigeons can get sold for up to 20 uh, sorry two hundred thousand pounds because of their speed and their endurance that they can handle they're really little fast birds i mean you sort of like you know when you chase them down you chase if you ever run and like run through like a little Group of pigeons and they fly up in the air. I would never have known they were so fast. But pigeons also co-parent and they pigeon milk and they have what they call pigeon milk. So pigeons mate for life. As the only other two birds that do that is is an empire um, emperor pigeon and flamingos. So pigeons, and uh, I'm getting my birds confused. Pigeons mate for life, um, which and they can live up to fifteen years. So when it's the time for them to actually have kids and to rear all their chicks. Both of the parents actually produce milk um, as for, for their little chicks. And their milk is really rich in fat and protein, and it's called pigeon milk. And they regurgitate it up. It's, they don't sort of have the, like, milk ducts or teats like some of the like mammals would have. So they regurgitate it up, and either of the parent can then feed the offspring. And they co-parent but, um, all of the little babies, which I think is incredible. I didn't know that. It's such a cool thing. Um and then, of course, they're natural, natural navigators. So they're renowned for their navigational skills. Um, they know, I'm not quite sure how they do it. It's probably like a, like a cognitive compass in their beak. I mean, I'm not quite sure. But they have a real good homing instinct. So that's where the homing pigeons come from. So once they, once they, they were used um, to deliver messages to Reuters, the world's largest news organization, 'Cause they would just send messages across and they're like really, really good at homing. So they come back and they bring messages. It was it's very, very cool the way you can actually use a pigeon to get information across. And also because of their speed, they get there so fast as well. So they're also really, really private. And I thought about this and I can't think of a single time I've ever seen this. But have you ever seen a baby pigeon? So I've never ever seen a baby pigeon and they are so good at hiding their chicks, they don't reveal themselves to humans until they're fully grown pigeons so until they mature and they're ready to sort of um come out and see the world you'll never see a baby pigeon And that's also i'm sure to to help them against their predators but i've never seen like nowhere in london i mean you see pigeons everywhere all the time but i've never ever seen baby pigeons it's, it's it was quite fascinating i quite like that you know so they're they're really really good at hiding themselves they're a really private bunch and they um they're really good at hiding their young until the young are, are strong and old enough to, to look after themselves. Um, th- did you know that pigeons can do maths? So there was a study in New Zealand that suggested that, that um, pigeons could actually distinguish between numbered objects and learn like, rules when it comes down to maths. So they also have the ability to recognize humans from one another. So they've got a long, they did a study, quite a long-running study that ran in Paris. I'm not quite sure when the study was done, but they proved that pigeons can recognize people's faces, and um, they're more attracted to people that are happy than people that are grumpy, which I completely agree with them. I wouldn't want to hang around a grumpy person. I'd rather hang around a really happy person as well. Um, So they also, they categorize common items, um, in order for them to tell, uh, to tell items from one another, so they recognize items, they recognize the difference, um, in things, um, which previously they thought was exclusive to humans, so they can categorize common items in order to tell, um, like, features, um, so one of their skills is to known as selective attention, which I didn't actually really understand, so, the 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 thing that I have here says they can categorize common items in order to tell one item from another. It's necessary to observe the significant features of each using a skill known as selective attention. Sorry, that makes more sense than what I was saying there. Um, which is the ability once thought only exclusive to humans. And I thought that was so cool that we actually have something pretty unique in common with with pigeons as well. So, um, they can also decipher medical medical images. So pigeons can share visual system properties with humans, uh, and have impressive visual skills. So researchers reason, um, might be able, they thought that they could um, demonstrate that pigeons can read medical images that that they can distinguish between uh, microscopic slides and um, mammographic shown uh, normal, cancerous breast tissue which I thought was absolutely remarkable that they could do that. They can learn to distinguish between benign and malign, malignant breast cancer, which, I mean, I know that some pets can do that. I know that some dogs can do that. They can smell cancer. They're sort of designed if some dogs can can tell when a seizure is going to happen. But um, pigeons can actually do this. This is incredible. I mean, they can, they can literally tell the difference between... Um, Cancerous and non-cancerous breast cancer. So I think that for learning all of this stuff, I would honestly say that pigeons are pretty freaking cool from what I've learned from them. I I do agree that they may be, that, you know, the the quantity of them can be quite extreme. If the, you know, we do need to sort of keep um, control over the amount of pigeons that are there because they're so good at, at survival that. Um, they are, they can sort of take over, you know. If if, we, if you sort of don't don't let them, I suppose it's just like humans as well, though. But I do have a lot more respect for pigeons now from from the the study that I've done. Um, I also saw this really cool article today. There's, I'm going to quickly get it out because I don't want to um, uh, get this wrong. But there's this little African grey parrot that. Um, just getting it out give me one sec I should have had this out for you as well so there's a parrot who fell in love with his Alexa and he orders things from Amazon so his name is Rocco he's an African gray parrot and he caused he, he caused a lot of trouble in his previous home in Berkshire because his language and the things that he was saying was upsetting visitors that were coming to the house so he's rehomed in a new with a new owner in a sanctuary uh, or, or for, with a lady that works in a sanctuary and um, I haven't got her consent to, to discuss her on this podcast so I'm not going to mention her name I'm just going to mention the article that that came up with but Rocco started using the Amazon Echo to order things that he liked so he he would mimic this her voice and her skills and he had a preference to to uh, some certain stores and what he would do is he'd order his favorite foods he would mimic the speech um Of his owner ordered the stuff that he liked the fruit he liked a couple of treats a couple of toys that he liked but he was also really good at mimicking um voices of of other people and um she she said often he would just should he would check the shopping list when she came home and and cancel items that he had ordered because he'd sit in order when she wasn't in but he was, he liked things like melons, broccoli, raisins, and ice cream, <laughs> and he also ordered the the three random things that he ordered as well. He ordered a kite, he ordered a kettle, and he ordered a light bulb. <laughs> so I really love that. But he dances too. He he voice activates his Alexa for songs that he wants to hear. So she'd come home and you'd have like rock music playing. She'd also come home and there'd be like romantic music playing. And all day long, he would flirt with Alexa and literally talk to this Alexa all day long, and actually have friends with with this Alexa. But I loved the fact that this African grey parrot was doing this. It's so it's so bloody cute. <laughs> so I think having a uh, a parrot in the house would definitely be a good um, a good pet to consider as well. Um. D- um. So that yeah, I love that story. I read it earlier, and I actually the the person that sent me the um the information on the pigeon um i said that over to to that person i was like you're gonna love this story <laughs> as well <laughs> so anyway uh i found out something very cool or i don't know if it's cool but um there is a most there's a decline in japan at the moment well, one of the biggest declines is in japan at the moment where there's entire towns that have been closing down schools because there's no children to fill it In our latest generations, we're opting to have relationships with robots and operating machines, and we're all sort of more work-focused, we're more focused on ourselves, we're also a little bit more selfish, I want to say. That's my opinion, that's entirely my opinion. Um, I mean, I'm 36 now, I don't have children, Um, and I think it's because I've sort of lived my life. I haven't sort of reached a point where I've suddenly, you know, I've had, I mean, I've I've always wanted kids, sure, Um, and I I do, I certainly do want children. Um, but I've never felt that it's lacking or missing from my life at this point in time. So people are opting to sort of not breed anymore. So there's so many, there's, there's these towns where there's just no children to actually fill schools, so they have to fill, they're, they're having to close down. But I'm very, I'm, I'm interested to know what that's going to mean for our next generation, because as, although we have $7 billion I don't even know the number—seven billion, eight billion people on the world, on the on the world, on the planet at the moment. Um, you know, if those numbers are declining, you know, where is it going to leave our population? Is it a good thing for our population? Is it a bad thing? Are we culling ourselves in our own way? I mean, I know things—you know, there's always diseases and illnesses that are going to try and curb us as as a species to bring down our numbers. But are we are we naturally doing it ourselves these days? It's quite—I'm quite interested to know. Um, what your thoughts are so last week's conundrum um I've had two people out of I think there was sev- I, I, I think there's 17 of you that came back to me with answers two people got it right so well done you two I'm very proud of you they and guys I really like the fact that you tried the conundrums if you ever want to try the conundrums um you can put send your answers to me on my Facebook page, Just James Podcast, or my Instagram, Just James Podcast, which is just underscore James underscore Podcast. I put inspirational quotes up at the moment. Um, I will put my Twitter together. I just I need to do it. It's I'm also getting my artwork done at the moment from a, an amazing artist called um called Sarah. She's um I, I tag her in the Instagram, and once the artwork actually launches. In the next sort of days or two, I will certainly be tagging her in it. She's done an incredible job at designing a cartoon character of myself and Thomas. It looks incredible. I'm so excited. She's done such an amazing job. But if you also, so I'll be putting up, I put up a lot of information on there. I'll be putting inspirational quotes that I like, information about the podcast. And of course, the conundrums, direct message me on my on my social media with your answers or anything you want me to talk about. If you want to be on my podcast as well, approach me. If you want to sponsor my podcast, please approach me. I am always looking for inspiration and guidance and help. And, um, you know, I'm growing this podcast is still so new for me, this is my sixth podcast, I'm growing with all of you, so I want this, you know, for for the the OGs that are going to be with me from the first podcast through, let's grow this together, this is, I'm loving this process, I'm loving expressing myself and being able to learn stuff, because every week I'm learning things to actually talk to you about, and things that I find interesting, I'm sharing with you. So um, let me know, you know, let's let's collaborate together and make this podcast what you want to listen to. So back to the conundrum, as I was saying, if you have any, any answers, let me know on my social media, because it's always going to be good to, to see who wins. And as I grow as well, I'll start giving up prizes for, what, for people that get the conundrums right. So last week's conundrum is, I'm as small as a pea, but I'm as big as the sky, and I don't belong the person who purchased me what am i i'll repeat that because it's quite a complicated one i am as small as a pea but as big as the sky and i don't belong to the person that purchased me what am i the answer is a gift so well done you two i'm not going to say who you are um because i have no prize for you but hooray you can own your heart that you're special uh this week's conundrum what do you call eight hobbits what do you call eight hobbits and it's probably something you can just google Uh, which is probably unfair, but I'll give you a nice and easy one this week. Just this week, though, then I'll make it harder afterwards. Um, Going back and talking about social media, I really think that my algorithm on social media is absolutely inaccurate at the moment because the adverts that I get on Instagram, you know, normally it's something you've looked at on Google. It's things you think of, you suddenly think, oh, I need to go to the dentist and suddenly you have adverts for teeth whitening. It's it's like horrifically accurate how you're, how your algorithm seems to work. But I am only getting adverts at the moment for cat toys. I don't have a cat. And personally, I, if I do ever get a pet, or probably a bunny or a dog. I'm, I'm not, I am I'm I a cat. I mean, I like cats. I don't mind cats at all. Cats don't particularly like me, and I think it's because I'm a dog person. And I have a degree, which is something interesting, You're different you'll know about me, is I actually have a degree in dog psychology and behaviorism, and I'm a qualified dog groomer. So, and a dog nutritionist, actually. I have a at dog nutrition and dog first aid. So, I'm definitely a dog person. I adore animals. I adore pets. But uh, cat toys, I don't get it. I don't understand why I get it. The other thing I'm getting is for wigs. And, I mean, I've got really long long hair. I would, there would be no need for me to use a wig. There, I'd, honestly, my hair is so thick. I get it from my mama that I really don't need extensions and like wigs, extensions. I get all of those adverts as well. And the last thing I get adverts for consistently is children's toys. Now, I mean, I've mentioned this in this podcast. I don't have children. I mean, some of my friends have small people, but like not to the point that I would be like, oh my God, they need this for their small person. I I just, I don't understand the algorithm. What if I looked at that my phone's gone, you know what Jamie needs? this this is what she needs right now in her life is a week so it's very odd if you guys get any strange instagram things let me know i want to know what your strange algorithms algorithms are getting on your social media and my facebook i mean i i'm really probably bad at going on facebook i don't really go on it enough um, to really pay much attention to the adverts that I receive. But Instagram, I do sort of scroll through quite quite religiously. So I found that really funny. Anyway, guys, my motivation for this week is um, do, what we fear of doing the most is usually what we need to do. So if there's something that you're really avoiding and you don't want to face, I think that it's a really good opportunity for you to face it this week. Let's face our fears together. Let's make a better tomorrow for ourselves. And once that fear is gone, we can just live a happier life. So sweet dream of puppies, everybody. I hope you have an amazing week. Goodbye.